welcome to this week's edition of Thursday in the Doghouse. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. As always, our show is devoted to the subject of our pet dogs. My goal is to help you, the dog-owning community, have a thorough understanding of why your dog does what he does. Honestly, it isn't because dogs are stubborn or willful that they won't come when called. Actually, there are some really simple reasons why many dogs won't come when we call them, or why they don't even respond to the sound of their name. House training is a common problem and can be very challenging, particularly with the little dog. We've talked about house training problems several times during this past year. Most of the solutions to these common problems aren't all that complicated. Once we just stop attributing human thoughts and motivations to our dogs, we'll finally stop feeling so frustrated and getting so angry with them. This morning, I have the pleasure of interviewing another dog trainer, Mary Horwellick, from Union County, New Jersey. Mary is the founder and director of The Real Pitbull, Inc., a New Jersey nonprofit corporation dedicated to breed advocacy. Mary has been training dogs since around 1985. She spent her entire adult life studying the science of behavior, learning, and the proper application of training methods. She's an expert on the subject of the American Pit Bull Terrier and believes that the Pit Bull is a very misunderstood and maligned breed. These dogs have received horribly negative publicity, especially from the press who continue to sensationalize them by giving out misinformation. In my experience as a professional dog trainer, I honestly don't find these dogs to be all that much different than other breeds. Please don't think for a minute that your own labs Golden Retrievers, Pomeranians, Great Danes, Maltese, and Poodles would never bite someone. Aggression occurs in all breeds, both towards humans and other dogs. Dogs are animals. All dogs are born knowing how to use their teeth as weapons. Unfortunately, the majority of aggression cases I see are caused by human error and human misunderstanding of the canine species. We'll be right back after we take a short commercial break when Mary Harwellick will talk to us about the abuse suffered by dogs rescued from dog fighting rings. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Good morning, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
you're you're an expert in the subject of pit bulls, so I know you're the one who could provide lots of information about dogs who were rescued from dog fighting rings. Can these dogs that are rescued from these fight cases live happily with other dogs and people, or are they are they just not normal after that type of situation? Uh, there are actually quite a few dogs rescued from fight abuse cases that are currently living in homes across the country, um, even with other dogs, very successfully. Mm-hmm. So the simple answer is yes, they can live with other other dogs and people very happily, and yeah, they can live like normal dogs. Um, there's a big misconception that ex-fighting dogs, that they're somehow different than your average shelter pit bull that you, you pick up. Um, you know, that you do a pull from your local shelter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the fact of the matter is that just like any dog from a shelter, you'll have a wide variety of personality, temperament types. Um, A large number of pit bulls rescued from fighting cases end up having really excellent temperaments, and they make great companion animals. Some of the dogs taken from recent cases actually have gone on to become even therapy dogs working in hospitals, like from the Michael Vick case, for instance, Mm -hmm. which was actually one of the most gruesome in terms of abuse suffered by the dogs. Um, The breed is very resilient. They bounce back really easily from um, even really horrible abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. And when you have a dog that's born with a great temperament, you will have that temperament for the life of the dog, even after that dog has experienced extreme abuse, like in a fighting situation. The essence of a pit bull is a dog that's really sound and stable Mm -hmm. as a general rule around people and one that can absolutely coexist with other dogs. So that essence doesn't evaporate even after the dog has experienced something like fight abuse or severe neglect. Um, The dog just needs an environment that will provide nurturing and allow him a chance to just shine and be who he really is. But sometimes that takes time, doesn't it? I mean, I have to tell you, I'm, I am reading and I'm almost done with the book that is about Michael Vick's dogs. It's called The Lost Dogs, and it was written by a fellow by the name of Jim Grant. And, um, you know, those dogs, the, the 49 dogs that were rescued, I, I believe 48 of them um, uh, were shifted around from one place to another for several months. But I, do, I, I think only one was euthanized and basically because she was just so unhealthy um, and just couldn't get over. She, she just couldn't um, assimilate into the world. She was just really messed up. But um, from what I'm reading, a lot of these dogs did do very well, but, but many of them took quite a while until they could be uh, adopted or or till the dogs just got used to living in a normal environment. Many of them had terrible fear issues, and one dog in particular, um, by the name of that they named Mel. I mean, he's he's there. There, the, the owner is working with him and working with him, and he still can't. He freaks out if somebody tries to pet him over the head. He just really thinks probably that somebody's going to uh, beat him up, you know, because he. They said he was a bait dog. Maybe you can explain to us the difference between dogs that were were um, put into this situation of fighting and, and the difference between the dogs that actively fight and the dogs that are used for bait dogs. What is What is the difference there? I don't know that there really is a difference. I'm not really sure how that term bait dog is being used. Um, there's 
dogs that are used in fighting matches, and then there are dogs that, for whatever reason, they're not used in fighting matches. Um, and I think some of these dogs, whether they're fought or not, are still going to come out with the same issues. So mm -hmm. it's not really a matter of was the dog fought, wasn't it fought, was it a quote-unquote bait dog, wasn't it a bait dog. Um, they all come out pretty much needing a lot of training and socialization. Mm -hmm. They don't get socialized. Um, they don't undergo any sort of training. They're basically just left chained up in a yard, they're bred or they're fought. Um, so when you bring them into your home in a rescue-type situation, you have a dog that's basically just completely shell-shocked and has no clue what domestic life is. Mm -hmm. They don't know what a couch is. They don't understand, you know, the noises coming out of the TV. They don't know how to walk up and down steps. They require a lot of remedial socialization. That's really the biggest issue these dogs face is remedial socialization, regardless of what they've experienced, um, whether they were fought or not. Ideally, as you know, dogs are socialized to reach their full potential up to the age of about 16 weeks, but you get these fight bus dogs. They're a year old, they're two years, they're six years old, however old they are, and they've never been off of the dog fighter's yard. They don't know what it's like life is like past the end of a chain. Mm -hmm. So when they come into rescue, there's just this uphill battle in terms of socialization, and they need to be trained from scratch how to respond to cues, um, sit, stay down, so on. But they do learn, and they get to see that life can actually be fun and enjoyable. Um, some bounce back easier than others, and some don't bounce back at all, but I think it's more of an individual dog thing than it is necessarily where they fought weren't they fought, and mm -hmm. that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. um, my foster dog is from a suspected fight abuse situation. She's about a year or two. I don't believe she was ever fought. She's not scarred in, in, uh, in any significant way, but she has uh, extreme fear issues. Mm -hmm. um, I've had her for two months now, and she's finally starting to get the hang of living inside of a house, and really? she's feeling a little bit more secure and enjoying herself, and she finally figured out that she can sit for treats, which was like a huge epiphany for her. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, so she's an example of a dog that I don't think she did anything other than sit on the end of a chain, mm -hmm. but she is extremely fearful. Wow. So it's huh. an individual dog thing. All right, so, so is she fearful of people, or is she fearful of dogs, or both? She's fearful of everything. She has no idea what anything is. She knows what dogs are because I'm assuming she was chained within eye view of other dogs, but that's it. Mm -hmm. um, just the world scares her. She's gradually learning that she can be safe in her environment and nothing's going to happen to her. But she lived in isolation mm -hmm. up into adulthood, so mm -hmm. she didn't have the benefit of learning what just normal life sounds and views are, nothing. Mm -hmm. What a shame. But uh, all right, So she's a foster dog, and you're hoping to eventually get her adopted? Yeah, she's in um, the Real Pitbulls Foster to Adopt program, and she's um, going to stay with me until we find a suitable home for her. But right now she's undergoing training and mm -hmm. lots and lots of socialization. Like I said, she's got a lot of fear issues. She's a super sweet dog, mm -hmm. wouldn't hurt a fly, um, but she's just scared. Now, you have a couple dogs of your own, isn't that correct? Yes. And how I is she? Have, well, I have one personal dog who is a male Amstaff. Mm-hmm. 
But how is how is your foster dog getting along with your resident dogs? Well, it's actually kind of funny because my resident dog is a retired show dog, but he's not dog social at all. He does not like other dogs. Um, and she is actually my foster dog from the suspected fighting situation um, is actually helping my personal dog come out of his shell and really? learn to interact with another dog. And it's kind of amazing that the rescued fight bus dog is helping the retired show dog with his canine social skills. It's kind of ironic. It's just um, a good example of how you can't put a label on a dog. I mean, you can label whatever you want, but the labels don't dictate behavior, and the situations don't even dictate the behavior either. Every mm-hmm. dog has to be taken on a case-by-case basis. But my rescue fight bus dog is actually better with other dogs than my retired show dog. That's so, really interesting. That That's very interesting. Um, so these dogs that are rescued from um, fighting rings, um, do they have to be trained to do these fights, or is this an inherent trait? Well, dogs fight. It's common behavior across all breeds. It's not a matter of having a, a dog and teaching it to fight, and then the dog will fight. Fighting is defensive behavior. All dogs have teeth. They all can protect themselves if need be. Um, so a dog doesn't really need to be trained to fight in the sense that if you never trained it to fight, it would never fight. Um, but pit bulls that are used for fighting are living in an environment which really encourages fighting behavior. They aren't given proper socialization, so they don't learn how to interact appropriately with other members of their species. Um, the only exposure they get with other, to other dogs is when they're chained up in close proximity to each other so they can see and smell and hear each other, but they can't interact. Um, it's either that or, or else they're facing off in the pit. So mm-hmm. you have dogs that are constantly in a state of frustration and stress. Then when they get a chance to actually interact with another dog, it's in a combative situation, so they're literally fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, So they're just constantly encouraged to have aggressive behavior towards one another. But the interesting thing is that with many of these dogs, once they're taken out of that environment and given some socialization and training and allowed to um, just be in an environment that normal domestic dogs are actually meant to live in as human companions, they actually morph into that role really well. Um, They just are domestic dogs that are born into a horrendous circumstance and in that regard they're really no different from dogs coming from any other situation like hoarding or puppy mills or neglect I um, I see the the opportunity to learn that they can be peaceful with other dogs, they don't have to fight for their lives, these dogs don't want to fight they were just never shown that they don't have to, they have to learn new behavior and learn that they have other options um, when they come into rescue situations Mary, when I when I'm reading this book, the the lost dogs, that was one of the things that surprised me was that these dogs were chained up in each other's you know view, very frustrated, fought with each other, um, and then after they were uh, rescued, and some of them were put into shelters. And what was amazing to me was that many of them were totally shut down. They would go into a pancake. Um, behavior where they would lay down and not even raise their head. But then when they would see the other dogs, 
um, you know, if they saw one dog walking by their crate or if they were outside in a yard and they were they saw other dogs, they immediately perked up, but not in an aggressive way. They were so happy to see their own kind. And some of these dogs were actually put into situations where they could play together and definitely interact with one another. So what you said is really uh, a powerful point in the fact that you take them away from that environment and they're not the same. They don't, they, they're, the anger and the, the, either the drive to fight or the frustration to fight is no longer there. Yeah, that's exactly true. The environment really impacts behavior. And once you're taken out of that environment and then on top of an environmental change actually taught new behavior, you, you have a, a dramatic change. Mm-hmm. And they do tend to a lot of times even like other dogs and perk up, like you said, when they see them because it's a sense of familiarity. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time my foster dog that I have now saw her reflection in the mirror, um, she thought it was another dog. And this was a dog, that pancake, like you mentioned, she just was totally shut down. But she saw her reflection in the mirror and she thought it was another dog and, whoa, she lit up like it was the greatest thing she ever saw because no she thought kidding. it was another dog. Wow. Um, and started wagging her tail and jumping around happily until she realized that it was just herself in the mirror. Mm, that's amazing. So how are they different? You, I think you did say something in your initial statement, but are they are the dogs that are rescued from, from fighting rings different from the dogs that uh, wind up in shelters that were surrendered because they just didn't or the, they didn't either make good companion pets or the people who had them or, or lived with them were just not the right people for those dogs. Are they different? Well, mostly I think they're the same. I mean, they go through pain and isolation. They don't receive proper care or training. So all the things that go along with those abuses are present also in the fight abuse victim dogs. Um, they have fear. They withdraw from human contact. They avoid human contact. They need to learn to trust again. They need to see that life can be beautiful and that they can enjoy it. Um, one thing that I think does stand out with fight bust pit bulls as opposed to other dogs from other situations is that pit bulls tend to be more resilient as a breed. Um, if you had other breeds going through what pit bulls go through in these fight situations, you probably have a lot fewer that could be saved and socialized and trained and moved into home life as companion dogs. Uh, pit bulls have really good bounce back. They're just such a human-oriented breed in general that they can withstand so much abuse and neglect. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they're given a little bit of love and care, they're just like, oh, hey, this is awesome. I love everybody now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they, they're off and running. So in that regard, I think they're different in that they're just really good at, at coming back mm-hmm. from the brink. Bounce back, yeah. And I, <clears throat> there was one dog, um, as a matter of fact, I interviewed her a couple weeks ago. Uh, her name is, uh, the woman who rescued, uh, a dog from the Vic situation, uh, her name was Martina McClay, and she rescued a dog who was actually called Bouncer. Um, and so he, you know, he, he started out being uh, a bit of a problem, little crazy dog, and he bounced back beautifully, and now he's a therapy dog. Um, and he goes around to um, pl- places where people are getting chemotherapy, 
And um, the way Martha and I described him, he's like a clown, and he puts people's put smiles on people's faces, and he helps people realize that pit bulls are not this horrible, malicious breed that they're made out to be. So he's really doing good, to, you know, not just for the humans who are getting chemo, but for the pit bull breed itself. Um, what do you find out there in your in your world where you, I know you really specialize in this breed, and you have your own website, which we can certainly mention um, do you find that since the Vic situation that maybe people are starting to soften up about the breed, or has that situation made it worse? I definitely think overall the Vic case was a good thing in terms of bringing attention to the plight of these fighting dogs. Um, it opened up the door for rescue of other dogs in these situations. Since the Vic case, there's been um, a number of large-scale fight busts that have occurred, and dogs have been saved and placed into rescue and then subsequently placed into permanent homes and have gone on to become great spokes dogs for the breed. So in that regard, it's been a really good thing, and it kind of proved that... um, these dogs, they're good dogs. They just end up in crummy situations, and they're exploited by people. And it really is about the people. It's not about the breed in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And the Vic dogs really helped open the door and show everybody what the breed was really about. Because prior to the Vic case, n- nobody wanted to touch the dogs that were pulled from these fighting cases. They were just basically euthanized. Um, Which they were going to do. I mean, even the Humane Society said that the, there was no hope for these dogs, and people proved them wrong. They did a beautiful job proving them wrong, and the dogs really proved them wrong. You know, I mean, 40, 49 dogs and were taken out of there, and 48 survived that I'm aware of, and, and they're still doing well. And, uh, you know, I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't think it came to a surprise to anybody who knows the breed and knows what they're capable of, but it came to a surprise in terms of the general public and their view of the dogs. And, yeah, the Humane Society of the United States went and changed their stance on fight bus dogs, mainly because of the success of the Vic case. So it was a pretty amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody learned a lot about what pit bulls really are all about. Right. It surprised me, too, that when the, when the situation came to light, that the, the government actually, get, you know, they put him in Leavenworth. Leavenworth. This was a federal offense. I wasn't aware at the time that dog fighting was a federal offense. And it, I was glad because how many times have situations come up where it, it – Things concern dogs, and everybody just turns their turns their their back to them. And for the government to get involved in this was a shock to me. I mean, I was glad to hear it because look at you know at least there was justice that was done for the most part. But I was just surprised that the federal government actually got involved. But I don't think it was such an easy thing. I think it took convincing. Um, you know, certain people got involved and really had to convince people that this this man. Um, really was vicious and malicious to these animals, and and something had to be done. But um, it did take a big effort on the part of a lot of people coming together and working together to save these dogs. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have to give them all credit, and uh, yes. and it's 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 
I get very upset because I, my husband's a football fan, and, you know, he's always rooted for the Eagles, and he's not such a big rooter now, I have to tell you. Um, but when they get big wins like they did last Monday night, and they had a big win last night, and now this man is the superhero of the NFL, I'm really worried that, you know, they're going to put him on a pedestal, and I have yet to hear him come out and say that he really regrets what he's done to to those dogs. I've never heard him apologize and say that he knows what he did to was wrong. All he, all I hear him saying is that, you know, he made a mistake. Well, but he doesn't say what that mistake was, and he doesn't seem to have any emotional tie or an emotional feeling toward the damage that was done on his property. And I, and I can't forgive him for that. I just can't get over that. It is very upsetting to see him, um, you know, in the spotlight again, knowing what happened to dogs on his property with his money, with his knowledge, um, and what he did to, to the dogs themselves. And I can only imagine what is upsetting enough for me as an outsider, but for the people who actually have his dog now, I can only imagine the anger they must feel when they see him on TV and getting all this positive attention and money. Yeah, really. And I don't know what's going to be, but if he if he goes to the Super Bowl, I guess I guess we just all have to just grin and bear it because he is going to be a superhero. Um Yeah, I don't think there's anything that can be done about it. I think we have to just keep doing what we've all been doing, which is focusing on the success of the dogs that that were from that case and then the subsequent successes of other cases that mm-hmm. were um successful in large part because of the Vic case and try to focus on the positive because he's going to do what he's going to do regardless and we can't really do anything about it other than just push forward and keep fighting for the dogs ourselves. Right, right, I agree. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it really brought a lot of information to light to me too. I mean, I, I train these dogs, but I certainly don't see as many as you do. Um, tell everybody about uh, TheRealPitbull.com. What is what is your organization all about? Well, The Real Pitbull is a New Jersey-based 501c3 nonprofit charity. Uh, we do education and advocacy and rescue for American Pitbull Terriers. Our website has tons of information about the breed on it. Um, there's free downloads and handouts, and we have a forum where you can come and ask for advice and get help and just chat with other breed lovers and we do lectures and events throughout the year and have training classes. Um, We just try to be there for the breed in general and to offer support to the public and just to speak out on behalf of the breed. So people can go online, and you have these forums, I know, because I've, I've read many of the, the email discussions that you, the lists that people get on. Um, so is that www.therealpitbull.com? It's www.realpitbull.com, and you can also go to realpitbullforum.com. Okay, so if anybody has any questions about the breed or uh, how about if they want to rescue a dog, will they get information directly from you? Yep, they could get information on on how to rescue a dog, how to be a foster, how to be a responsible pit bull parent, pretty much everything that they would need in terms of working with the breed, living with one, uh, researching before 
bringing one into your home, which we strongly encourage. Um, It's all there, and we're available anytime um, through email, info at realpitbull.com. And, uh, yeah, we're really happy to help anybody who needs it. And so do you um, do you have a lot of foster homes that are available? No, we don't, actually. That's one of the, the biggest hurdles we have to saving dogs. It's very difficult to find reliable, responsible foster homes, um, specifically in the Union County, New Jersey area. We're a very small organization. Um, we always need volunteers and help. And if anybody is interested in and fostering or learning about the breed, um, fostering can be a good way to kind of get your feet wet and see if it's the breed for you while also having the training support um, from our organization at the same time. Okay. So actually, if anybody wanted to be a foster home, they could contact you about that also, is that correct? absolutely. Good, good. Well, I know you do wonderful work, Mary, and I have to congratulate you on your... Um, your loyalty to this breed and all the good work that you do. And, uh, and I hope that people will go on realpitbull.com and learn everything they can about this breed, especially if they're thinking about, um, adopting. And I thank you very much for joining us today. And, uh, uh, next time, so hopefully maybe we'll have another talk here. Uh, you've all, you're always doing such a good job for us. And, uh, I appreciate your visiting with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Rini. I really appreciate you focusing on this issue. It's really important for the dogs, and so I thank you as well. Okay. You have a great day. Have a good holiday. Enjoy your turkey. And, Thanks. Uh, you too. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Take care. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Thursday in the Doghouse today. If you're interested in learning more about dog fighting rings and the abuse these dogs are forced to endure, I would highly recommend the book The Lost Dogs by Jim Grant. The book is a true story of 49 surviving dogs found at Michael Vick's property at 1915 Moonlight Road in Smithfield, Virginia. The book is available at Amazon.com. I'm reading it, and, and it's just unbelievable. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, but please keep your dog away from all of the rich holiday foods that you're going to have all over your table today. All that stuff can make your dog really, really sick. Have a great holiday, everybody. Talk to you again next week.